real life got you down? Does a DIY lobotomy sound more and more appealing with each passing day? Is the flaming ball of tinfoil that is the planet weighing on your mind? Well, you've come to the right place. My name is Isabella Voss, and this is Detox on the Rocks. Collectively, I think we can all agree, 2020 has been the emotional equivalent of having dental work done by a nearsighted dentist with shaky hands and no Novocaine. Times are tough, but we are tougher. I don't know about you, but nothing chills me out like a glass of pretty much anything on the rocks. So let me entertain you for the length of time it takes me to finish this cocktail with a few stories I found interesting, cute, heartwarming, or downright bizarre. This is the positive vibes only corner of your day. Let's go back to a time when life was a choose your own adventure book and Miss Frizzle was our captain. She got us excited about electricity, volcanoes, and how ecolocation works. But life happens, and we forget those kids who were excited about exploring caves and underwater cities. We can go back to being clenched grown-ups in a little while. For now, let's have a mental detox. On the rocks. Chlamydia has been found in the deepest parts of the ocean. And I don't know about you, but this is by far the best news I've received in a while. Scientists collected strains of chlamydia-related bacteria from sediment several feet beneath the Arctic sea floor. That's two miles beneath the surface. Now, there are a couple of things strange about this besides everything. Firstly, chlamydia needs a living host organism typically to survive. Somehow these new strains of chlamydia have found a way to live in isolation, much like the human race at the moment. Quote, finding chlamydia in this environment was completely unexpected, says Jenna, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, Dharam, Dharamshi, who was the lead author of the new study and PhD researcher at Sweden's Uppsala University, and of course begged the question, what on earth were they doing there? My own personal question would be, what were they looking for in the first place? This expedition was in the Norwegian Greenland Sea, where DNA from 68 samples were collected. 51 of them contained chlamydia. Now, this is a bacteria known for causing STIs in humans and animals, which I didn't know animals could have STIs, but live and learn. This bacteria was found to be, quote, abundant, diverse, and active. If it were a dating app, this would be the one to sign up for. Now, Norwegians being objectively sexy, universally attractive people, I have no doubt have excelled at finding creative ways to keep them warm during cold winter nights. But at the depths of these frigid ocean floors, how did chlamydia end up there? Personal theories, anyone? I've got it narrowed down to three. The first being dolphin rave. The second, whales gone wild. Or the third, Atlantis orgy? Either way, seems like someone there wasn't being ocean safe.
Speaking of Atlantis, how's that for a segue? Here's a lesser known city you may not have heard of. The mysterious disappearing island of Bermeja. Bermeja was an island, was an island, off the coast of the Yucatan, Mexico. It showed up on maps from the time of the first Spaniard explorers in the 16th and 17th centuries, right up until 1846. After 1846, it was never seen again. The last mapped appearance was in 1921 in the edition of the Geographic Atlas of the Mexican Republic. Several theories about the island's fate have been tossed around. Global warming, maybe an underwater earthquake swallowed it up. Now here's the thing. The place where the island used to be is completely and absolutely bare. There are no ruins, no interruptions on the ocean floor, there's absolutely zero evidence there was ever anything there at all. There's a theory the island may have been blown up by the CIA. Now, I love a good conspiracy theory as much as the next person, probably more so. But the thing is, there really is no theory. It's just not there. There was an expedition in 2009, financed by Televisión Azteca. A ship named the Kalen Ha set sail on June the 5th of that year. Aboard was a historian and a cartographer and nada. So what are the theories? Mandela effect? CIA conspiracy theory? Or is this a simple case of copying someone's incorrect homework over and over and over? If anyone has any information on the whereabouts of the missing island of Bermeja, give me a shout. Or call Mexico. I'm sure they would love to know where it is. Speaking of lost, how about found? Hippopotamuses that were brought to Colombia decades ago by Pablo Escobar, the notorious cocaine kingpin, are thriving in Colombia's ecosystems. Yep, we found hippopotamuses. Escobar imported four hippos, four hippos, to Colombia in 1981 for his private zoo. These four hippos are now 80, as reported by Scientific America. Scientists suspect that the ecosystem the hippos now live in in Colombia may benefit, as the hippos may be filling an ecological niche that has been vacant in the region for thousands of years. This being said, that's just one theory of Escobar's hippos. They live in Colombian waterways currently, and it's still to be determined what exactly their environmental impact will be. Now, hippos are one of those animals I don't know a lot about, and if that's you too, here's some facts about hippos. Number one, and this one I found really interesting, hippos can't swim or float, which I think is pretty ballsy for a creature you always see in water. They walk or stand just below the water. This is to protect their sensitive skin. Two, they secrete an oily red substance, and Google it if you haven't seen it. It kind of freaked me out at first because I thought the poor thing was in pain. But actually, this oily red secretion acts like a sunblock and moisturizer and protects them from germs. It makes them look like they're sweating blood, but hey, it seems to work for them. Number three, hippos can hold their breath for seven minutes. 
Number four, a hippo yawn, which we always see them yawning. They're not actually sleepy. They're warning you off. It's a very clear hippo. They're aggravated. Number five, a hippo can live 40 years. Six, a hippo is considered the most dangerous animal in Africa. The land of lions, hyenas, and wildebeests, oh my, a hippo is considered the most dangerous. And the last one I thought was interesting, their closest living relatives are whales and porpoises. It's time for What's in Your Glass? Today, I'm drinking a Paloma, which seemed to be quite popular lately, but really, I was drinking it before it was cool. <laughs> the first thing you want to do is make sure to start with an excellent tequila. Tequila is one of those things where you really do get what you pay for. So what I'm drinking today is Don Julio Blanco. It's the clear one. <laughs> Another one that I love is Casamigos. I'm taking a look at the bar here. What else have we got? Alacran is a really nice one as well, as well as Los Arango. So take a look, see what's around, but really, you gotta shell out the extra cash for a beautiful tequila. So what I recommend is taking a healthy shot, aka two shots, throw that in a rocks glass or a water glass if you feel like you want a little bit more non-alcoholic to alcoholic ratio. Now the way I make mine is a little bit different from the traditional one. Take that shot glass that you have and fill that with grapefruit juice. The closer to actual grapefruit juice you can get, the better. Pop that in. Then I fill the rest of my glass up with grapefruit Perrier. This keeps the sugar down. It keeps everything down really, but you get the flavor and the bubbles. Now what takes old bartender's trick? What takes a $9, $10 cocktail to a $16, $17 cocktail? Things being hand muddled. This is where you can get fancy. Take a look for any citrus fruit you have laying around. In this case, ideally grapefruit or lime. Throw it in if you don't have a muddler. Really, you can put it in a bowl, squish it with a spoon. I do recommend picking one up though if you happen to be in a home sense. Another cool trick, and every time we do an episode, I'm gonna be having a different drink. Someone's gotta do it. <laughs> is you can actually take a lighter. Now what the lighter is going to do is you want to hold it to the outside of the peel. This is going to cause the beautiful oils in the peel to come out and kind of look like it's sweating almost. What you do then, once you've got like a nice kind of oil sweat on the edge of the outside of the peel, is you give it a little squeeze. Giving it a squeeze, you're going to get a little whoo of fire. If you're doing this in front of guests or if you're just entertaining yourself, it's a nice little show. Then take this peel and you want to rim it on the outside of the glass. What this is going to do is give you a really, really beautiful, almost like a toasty essential oil situation. It's gorgeous. It gives your drink this little, mmm, what is that? Then take the peel and again, you want to make sure that you're holding the flame just under the peel. You don't want any black scorches on it. You can then take it, pop it in the glass. This is interesting, for me anyways, as a confirmed devoted drinker, the actual 
juice of the fruit is a different taste to the peel of the fruit. So pop it in the glass. It's really gonna give your drink that elevated little something. We're gonna get into muddling herbs, what fresh fruit and flowers you can put in. But for this, I think it's a really, really nice cocktail. You can also rim the edges of the glass in salt. I prefer not to, but get creative. Most of the stuff you probably have at home. And it's just gonna take your drink from mmm to ooh. D3, check. B12, check. C, check. And last but not least, my daily dose of... That's right, you heard it here. She looks like a flower and stings like a bee. I was raised to be a lady who just happened to develop a mouth like an open sewer grate somewhere along the way. Swearing's fun, isn't it? Well, turns out there are health benefits that come with salty language. Some health benefits of swearing include increased circulation, elevated endorphins, and an overall sense of calm, control, and well-being. The key is to do it sparingly. Whoops. Also, experience pain relief. Swearing activates the fight-or-flight response, leading to an adrenaline rush and analgesic effect. So the next time someone tells you to wash your trash mouth, tell them, hey, it's doctor recommended. I do this for my health. This episode has been brought to you by Lime. Whether it's to get yourself out of a sticky situation, spare someone's feelings, or save your own life, consider lying. Well, that's the end of my drink and the end of the show. Thanks so much for joining me. And in these tumultuous times, remember, lobsters communicate by peeing in each other's faces. <laughs> Salut! This has been a Cat Flap production.